number one. And as we did this morning, we're just going to read just a small amount of scripture. And then I'm going to preach tonight. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Man, man. Now, I don't know how the preacher will do tonight, but the message is fantastic tonight. I promise you that. And so Romans chapter 12, and when you find your place, let's all stand tonight. Uh, If you would, give you one last opportunity to stretch your legs and make sure you're good and woke up so you can receive the word this evening and also stand out of respect for the reading of God's word. Romans chapter 12, and we're going to just read the first two verses, and we'll read these verses together. These are very familiar, and some of you have this committed to memory as you did this morning. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1. Ready? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You may be seated tonight. I want to take a few minutes. This can be about as simple as the message was this morning. It's going to take me just a little bit more to get into it. I'm going to give you a little bit of an introduction tonight. Uh, but the introduction is so important. In, in fact, really, the message is introduction. When we, get, when we get past the introduction, I have three little short points that are seriously very, very short, short little points as we'll close the message tonight. But I want to talk to you about that subject, the transition to transformation. The transition to transformation. Now, listen, church, <clears throat> I'm a pastor. I'm not a prophet. I'm a pastor tonight. But I am a pastor that prays for his people, and I pray for my church. I pray for you. I pray for many of you. I pray for you by name. I pray for you uh, every day. I'm praying for our people. And I start, I start praying on Sunday night. I usually start praying that God would give me direction for the next week. And, uh, and so I, I prayed uh, that way this last week. And, and so I'm not a prophet tonight, but I do believe this. I believe uh, a, a lot of times when I walk in the pulpit, I believe God's given me a message for somebody here tonight. I believe with all of my heart tonight, there's somebody here tonight that needs this message. I believe it. And isn't it something that a, a big God that we serve would think enough of a little thing like us, uh, like, and see that, see that bug right there? That's the devil. That's what that is. He didn't want you to get this message tonight. Why else would a bug try to fly in the preacher's mouth while I'm preaching tonight, you know? But like that one preacher, they said he had a, a verse for everything. Man, I had a verse for everything. He's up preaching one night, just preach it. And a bug flew in his mouth. And one of, one of his people said, you got a verse for that preacher? And he said, sure do. He was a stranger and I took him in. Amen. That's right. And uh, amen. I got strong enough lungs, I'll take that rascal in too. And I'll take him right down. That's right. And uh, But I do believe this tonight. I believe God's got somebody in mind tonight. So, amen. Aren't you glad we can have a good time in God's house? Amen. amen, amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this time. Father, we love you, and thank you for the good day you've given us. Lord, as we take just a few moments now and close this service out, as we just gather as a family, a church family, we gather around the Word. And God, we're going to look into your Word a little bit. We're going to study your Word a little bit tonight. And God, I pray that you'll give us something that, would be a help. Nobody's going to take home this whole message tonight, Uh, but maybe one point, maybe one truth, maybe one illustration. But God, I pray that we would say or preach or do something tonight that would cause somebody to be blessed. And most of all, we would do something that would cause Jesus Christ to be glorified. 
We pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. We also plead the blood of, of Jesus over this service. And God, I do pray, seriously, I pray you'd keep the distractions of the devil away. And Lord, we know he can use things. And I pray that you'd keep him away. And I pray you'd keep your blessings with him, please. We ask these things in a powerful name, in Jesus' name. And for his sake we pray. And all God's people said, amen. I want to read verse two again if I could. The Bible says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. And I want to really focus on that word tonight, transformed. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God desires each of us to be transformed. I'm going to be honest, church, as I was just looking over the verses before I came out into the auditorium tonight, I thought, really, we could go probably a step further than that. This is probably more than just a challenge. Well, this really, to me, it looks like a command. He said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God desires each of us that are here tonight to be transformed. It's the Greek word metamorpho. It means to be changed. It means to be transfigured. Jesus was transfigured on the mount when he dropped that robe of flesh and that glory shone through. We get a word from that Greek word. It's called the, the word metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. And so God says, I, I want you to be, I want you to go through a, a metamorphosis. I want you to go through a, a transfiguration, a change. But how many know this, that there, and I wish I didn't have to tell you this, but there's sacrifice involved in transformation. You'll notice there in the, in the first verse, the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Why did, the, why did the writer have to put that in there? You know, we're okay with change as long as it doesn't mean sacrifice. We're okay with change as long as I don't have to, you know, Lord, I want you to change me, but don't change me. I mean, I, I want you to change me, but I don't want to have to sacrifice anything. I, I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to change anything uh, but transformation is often necessary before something can be useful, before something can be beautiful, before something can be beneficial. Now, Jesus used a lot of illustrations, and so let me, if I could, let me illustrate just a little bit tonight. There are some of you here, I'm sure tonight, in fact, I know there are, there are some of our folks in our church who love old classic cars. Man, you're a you love these old Ford cars or these old Chevrolet cars or whatever the case might be and you've got your favorite classic car. You may even have one of those uh, calendars that you hang up, you know, and it's got, man, it's got some of those old, beautiful, uh, beautiful, beautiful cars. <clears throat> but first, there must be a restoration process that takes place, a transformation. What do you mean, preacher? The rust has to be handled. The dents have to be knocked out. The parts, oftentimes, the parts have to be replaced or the body has to be, has to be painted. That old classic car uh, has to go through a, a transformation process in order for the car uh, to be beautiful like it once was. I thought, and I appreciate Brother Mike and Miss Angie, and I thought about Brother Mike, and, and many, many, many months ago, we asked Brother Mike to come over and, and to do some remodeling in our house and 
remodel our master bedroom and our ba- our master bathroom. And and uh, you know what? That was quite a process. It really was. And Brother Mike rolled in there <clears throat> on that Monday and with his crew, and uh, there was a lot of hammering, and there was a lot of breaking, and there was a lot of sawing, and there was a lot of painting, and there was a lot of sanding. And I put this in, in all caps. There was a lot of noise. I mean, it was a, man, you've never heard such beating and banging and, and going on in your life. And, uh, but I wrote this down in the outline. If we would have stopped in the middle of the transition process, our bathroom and bedroom wouldn't have turned out beautiful like it is today. But here's the hard part. The truth is transformation is not always pleasant. Several of our people this week went through, went through a transformation done by way of surgery this week. And I've never heard anybody say, preacher, guess what? I get to have surgery next week. I've never heard, I've never heard anybody respond to surgery like that. Because the truth of the matter is, at times surgery can be unpleasant. When you think about surgery, you think about, I'm sorry, but you think about needles. And when you think about surgery, you think about scalpels. And when you think about surgery, you think about cutting and you think about stitches and you think about uh, anesthesia. We were talking about that this week when Miss Angie had her procedure done. And when you think about uh, surgery, you think about nervousness. And I hate to bring this up, but when you think about surgery, you think about doctor bills and you think about hospital bills. And, uh, and the truth of the matter is, uh, those things are not, not necessarily pleasant. And how many know that there are times, though, when surgery is necessary? My dad today is doing well, but my dad still, he's still, he's got that brachycardia going on still. And, uh, and they can't seem to get his heart rate. Heart rate's still all over the place. They can't get him regulated. And so they're going to put him in surgery tomorrow. And, uh, and, uh, and the doctor came in yesterday and said, what do you think about this? And dad said, I don't like it. I don't want to do it. But the doctor said, I, but I think it's necessary. I think you probably, I think you probably need this. And, uh, and so uh, here's, here's, the th- here's the thing. Here's the message. Here's the message. Because the truth of the matter is that transformation is not always pleasant, many times we, and I include myself in on this, many times we are more concerned with transition than we are about transformation. We become more concerned about transition than we are about transformation. In other words, God allows us to start going through something, going through a trial, going through a battle, going through a, uh, going through a valley, going uh, experiencing some problems, uh, something in our life. And all of a sudden, you know what? We become, and again, I'm preaching to myself tonight, but a lot of times we become consumed, not with the transformation, but we become consumed with the transition. It's like, Lord, whatever you do, get me out of this. I don't want to be here. I don't want to go through this situation. I don't want to have these problems. I I don't want to be in this position that I'm in. A lot of times we'll go to the Lord. We'll say, Lord, this isn't right. This can't be right. Lord, this is not fair. Lord, I don't like this. Lord, I can't believe you'd let me go through something like this. I I don't agree. I don't agree with this. But what we fail to understand, church, is this. God is more concerned with the transformation than he is with us being unpleasant with the transition. Now, I want you to take your Bibles tonight. If you want, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. I want to show you something tonight. Romans chapter 8, and I want you to look, if you will, please, 
at verse number 28. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28. You know it. You, you know it. You probably got it memorized. Because it is one of those verses that, that we use all the time, especially when we're going through a very difficult time in our lives. We'll, we'll recite this verse. We'll, uh, we'll remind somebody of this verse. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. How many, how many know that verse? Some of you have by memory. And we know, we know that all things work together for good. And we use that verse, verse number 28. Thank God for Romans 8, 28. But here's the problem. A lot of times we fail to look at verse 29. The Bible says in verse 28, yes, all things work together for good. But look at verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So somebody's going through a terrible trial and they'll say, we know all things work together for good. But here's the thing we need to understand, that a lot of times God is allowing us to go through that trial or God is allowing us to go through that valley or God is allowing us to experience that problem and we don't want it. But God says, I'm doing this because I want to transform you and I want to conform you to the image of my son. That's why I'm allowing you to go through this process. Hey, in other words, God often uses, God often uses the first word, God often uses transition to bring about the transformation. That's what I'm talking about. Take your Bibles, if you will, tonight, please, and turn to the book of Job. Job chapter 23 in your Bibles this evening. Job chapter 23. And as we read the book of Job, we we begin to understand that that Job and I and I listen. You understand? I can't even shine his sandals. I mean, there's no way that I I'm not even I'm not even half the man that Job is. But we, we as we read the book of Job, we understand that Job becomes very very concerned about transition. He's as the Lord. I I don't like this situation I'm in. I want to be out of this situation that I'm in. But we also understand that while Job was in, interested in transition, God was interested in transformation. Look at Job twenty three and verse number one. Then Job answered and said, "Even today is my complaint bitter." He said, "My stroke is heavier than my groaning." He said, oh, that I, that I knew where I might find him. Notice there's an exclamation mark right there. This is with passion. And Job said, I wish I knew why, what was, why this was going on. I, I wish I knew where God was that I might come even to his seat. There's another exclamation mark. Look at look what Job says in verse number four. He said, I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. Lord, why? God, why? Why? Why did you take my 10 children? Why did you take my servants? Why did you take my houses? Why did you remove my health? God, I don't understand. And, and Job uh, says, I, I don't like this. I don't like where I am. I don't like what I'm 
going through. I want you to bring me out of this. And God says, Job, I am going to bring you out of this in Job chapter 42. But until you get to Job 42, God said, I'm interested in the transformation more than I'm interested in the transition. And I'm going to use the transition to bring you forward to a transformation. Would you look at the same chapter, Job chapter 23 and verse number 8? Oh my, something begins to happen. Something's beginning to change. Job uh, chapter 23, verse 8, Job said, Behold, he said, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him, but Job said, He knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, Job said, I shall come forth as gold. And then he said, My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. And by the way, I'm just guessing probably that Job didn't even realize that a transformation was taking place. Job's just in the transition, and he doesn't like the transition. Job says, God, I want out. I don't like this. But you know what? Job didn't realize that God, all that time, God was causing a transformation to take place. And Job was growing in the Lord. And we see in these verses, we see trust. And we see in these verses, dedication. And we see in these verses, a love for the word of God. We see in these verses, a commitment and a sanctification. And I'm just saying this, that God uses the transition to bring about a transformation. You don't have to go there. But I thought about the story in Genesis chapter 40. Young man by the name of Joseph. Joseph is sold into slavery by, by his, his brothers and he ends up in the house of Potiphar. You know the story there. And, and he's a slave. He's a slave. But you know what? He's just got the blessing of God on his life and everything's going great. And the Bible says that Potiphar just puts everything in Joseph's hand. doesn't even know what he has. And Joseph is, is watching over Potiphar's house, but you know the story. The Bible says Potiphar had a wicked wife. She was a temptress. And she came and tried to seduce Joseph. And the Bible says that Joseph left his garment in her hand, ran and got him out, fled and got him out. And, and Joseph said, I'll have no part of that. Well, Potiphar came home and this old, this old uh, temptress, she said to her husband, that, that young man, tried to, he tried to rape me. Well, it wasn't true. Joseph was a good man. He was a man of integrity and character. But, but Potiphar, being a, a powerful man, puts Joseph in prison. And Joseph is in prison for several years. Wait a minute now. Joseph's a good fella. Joseph hasn't done anything wrong. Joseph didn't sleep with that, that woman. Joseph didn't steal from Potiphar. Joseph's just, a, uh, just an innocent victim. And, and yet now here he is in prison but we find that Joseph kept a sweet spirit. The Bible says that Joseph was in that prison with two fellows, a butler and a baker. And, uh, and that butler and that baker, had a, uh, they had a dream. And that dream bothered them. And they, they, they didn't understand the dream. And Joseph said, I'll, I'll interpret your dream for you. Sure enough, he did. He interpreted the dream. And uh, <coughs> we find that uh, the, the, the butler and the baker were, were released. Or the butler was released. The baker, things didn't end up too well for him. But Joseph said to the, to the butler, he said, now listen, I've interpreted your dream. He said, now when you get out of here, don't forget me. When you get back in the king's house, don't forget me. But you know what the Bible says? The butler did forget him. And here Joseph stays 
in the prison for longer and longer. You understand that Joseph didn't like the transition. But you see, here's what I'm saying. God was more concerned about the transformation than he was about the transition. And little did Joseph know that God was about to do a major makeover, a major transformation. And uh, again, I'm not having to go there, but we find that God uh, took Joseph and made him the second most powerful leader in the known world at that time. And everything that Pharaoh had, he put into Joseph's hand and gave everything he had to Joseph. And Joseph judged the whole land and God used him in a great way. Now, wait a minute now. Uh, Joseph said, I don't like where I am. I don't like the problems. I don't like the trial. I don't like the prison. I don't like the, the false accusations. And God said, Joseph, you just be patient and trust me and hold on and hold on and hold on and hold on because I've got a big plan. Man, I'm working on something right here. And I know you don't see it and I know you don't understand it right now, but I'm telling you, I'm about to make the biggest transformation you've ever seen in your life. And I just came here tonight to tell you this church, when you're going through the hard times and you're going through the battles and you're going through the struggles, listen, just trust the Lord because the Lord can bring about a great transformation. I think about Jonah. Man, here Jonah is in the belly of this fish. And how many know that Jonah didn't like the transition? Man, he, the Bible says he cried out to God from, the, from hell and said, God, I want you to bring me out of this. But little did he know, God was getting ready to transform an entire city into revival. Hey, listen, transition can be difficult, but transformation can be a blessing. I think about this. You go in the morning, you go to the refrigerator, and you get an egg out of the refrigerator. You say, I'm going to fry my egg up. And... Uh, you know what? When you fry that egg, it can be a messy transition. You got to know how to break it just right. You got to break that shell. You got to put that egg out just right. And hope you don't get a shell in it. And that's a little bit messy. And you got to throw the shell away. And you put it in that hot frying pan. And man, it's popping and snapping. And, and, uh, uh, and it's sort of a messy, I mean, it's sort of a messy transition. When you first put that egg out in the pan, it don't look very good. It's not very tantalizing. Doesn't look very delicious. But you know what? You put that thing in that pan a little while and you let it pop and you let it snap and you let it fry and take a little salt, put a little salt on there and take a little pepper, put a little pepper on there and uh, and, and brother, you listen, you let that thing begin to transform and, and begin to fry and brother, you talk about a blessing, a great blessing. Now the transition was not too great but the transformation, transformation is amazing. I put this on the screen tonight on purpose. I think about that caterpillar while in the cocoon. Can you, can you, you think about that? And I looked at several pictures this week of, of a caterpillar in the cocoon. And man, it's amazing. That, that big caterpillar, he looks just bound in that cocoon. It's like he can't hardly move. I mean, it's just, it looks like the cocoon is so tight on him. And you imagine that that, that, that cocoon is not, a very comfortable transition. That, that uh, caterpillar wants out. There's very little space. It's very cramped quarters. He can't get out. And when he, when he finally does get out, it takes some time for him to finally make his way out of that cocoon. But wait a minute, wait a minute. The caterpillar that went in the cocoon comes out looking a whole lot different. 
You know what happens? A metamorphosis takes place. A transformation takes place. Now, he didn't like the transition, but the transformation was amazing. I thought about this. Some of you can relate to this. During college, I was interested in transition. I, uh, I, never thought I'd, I never thought I'd really go to college. I'll be honest with you. I'd been married for two years, and God called me to preach. My dad said, what are you going to do about Bible college? And then God put us at House Anderson College. I didn't know anything about college. I was working a job. We were doing well. My wife had a good job. I had a good job. And we were doing well. And I didn't, I didn't know not one thing about college. And so we surrendered to the call to preach, and we packed up all of our stuff in a Hertz Penske truck, and we moved up to, to college, to Bible college. And, and uh, I remember we went on that first day. Man, I never registered for college. I mean, that, mile, that, that line of kids looked like it was 20 miles long through that college, and we all had our paperwork and our pens and our pencils, and we're waiting in line, and we're signing here and going here and doing all this, and you're going to need this book, and you're going to need that book. And I remember, I remember when college started, I remember going to the classes, and, and uh, first day or two uh, of classes, they just spend that time telling you what you're, what's going to be required and what you're going to need. And this, is what you're, this is the books that you're going to have to buy Buy? You mean you don't supply them? <laughs> no, we don't. You got to buy them, and and uh, and you can go down to this store and buy this book, and you can go down here to this Bible uh, bookstore, and you can, you can buy this book, and and uh, and this book's not too bad. It's only twenty dollars. I'm like, what? And this book's fifty. <laughs> I'm like, man, what book could be worth fifty dollars? And then I go to class, and they're like, all right, kids, now you've got to do this, and then we get, get here, you'll have a book report due. And, and then all the professors start saying, now, uh, now you got to read this, 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 and this, and then you got to have 500 pages outside reading. Well, I didn't even know what outside reading was. I'm embarrassed to tell you all that, but I didn't know what outside reading was. And I thought, I thought when they said this is outside reading, I thought, well, this is just, you know, extra, extra, you know, you get extra. If you decide you want to do this, you know, you get extra points for it. Since then, I have, uh, I have come to the conclusion that that is not what they meant. Outside reading is the reading you have to do on top of all the other reading that they give you. And man, I mean 500 pages outside reading in this class and 1,000 pages of outside reading in this class and read the New Testament through twice in this class and 1,000 and, uh, and, uh, pages of outside reading in this class. And I thought, what in the world am I doing here? I mean, tests and exams and retakes and report cards and dress checks and hair checks and, and all these things and I thought Lord uh, well, what am I doing here I, I, I want transition I want to I want to get out of here I'm not used to this but what I didn't understand was the college wasn't interested in transition as much as they were interested in transformation and they were trying to turn out some young people for the Lord now we're done I told you the introduction was the longest part of the message Truth is, a lot of times when we begin to go through something in our life, we just want to transition out of it. And God says, you know what? I'm not going to let you transition out of it right now. Because God said that transition is not an end in itself. That transition is a means to an end. And God says, I'm not interested in transition. I'm interested in transformation. And I want you to be transformed. Can I give you just three thoughts real quick? Real quickly as we leave. Number one, I wrote this down. During the transition, be patient. Be patient. 
James chapter one and verse number two, the Bible says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. Let patience have her perfect work. Why? That ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Hey, when you're going through the transition, don't get bitter. Don't get bitter. Don't get bitter. I, we, by the way, we saw some college kids do that. This isn't right. This isn't fair. That's too much. They shouldn't expect that. I'm not saying. I'm quitting. And they did. They quit. But you see, they were just kids. They never, they never organized a college. They never turned out young men for God, young ladies for God. And so they didn't, they didn't understand what the college was trying to do. And so while you're going through your transition, don't, don't allow bitterness. When you're going through your transition, don't allow yourself to, to become resentful. Listen, it's okay not to understand what God is doing. And I told the folks yesterday at the, at the funeral, it's okay to question. It's okay to ask why. And they did last week. They said, preacher, why? And it's okay. It's all right to ask why. It's okay that you don't understand because quite often we don't understand. But while you're going through that trial and while you're going through that valley and while you're going through that problem, make sure even though you don't understand and I don't understand, make sure that you keep a sweet spirit. Man, keep a sweet spirit. Hey, during the transition, be patient. How about this number two? During the transition, be prayerful. Be prayerful. Philippians chapter four, verse number six, be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Keep that line of communi uh, communication open between you and the Lord. I love the, I love the testimony that Miss Krista gave Wednesday night. Sometimes we don't feel like praying. Sometimes I'm not in the right spirit and I don't want to pray. Man, that's when it's important that you do pray. <laughs> I don't want to read my Bible. That's when you need to read your Bible. I don't want to go to church. That's when you need to go to church, man. Amen, that's right. And during the transition, be prayerful. Talk to the Lord about it. You say, preacher, there's some things going on right now, and I don't understand. Tell him. Tell him about it, Lord. I don't understand this. God, I don't understand why. I don't understand the transition. I, I don't like the transition. Now, he may not take you out of the transition, but you know what? He wants to hear you while you're in the transition. And just be prayerful. The songwriter said, are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Are you grieving over joys departed? Tell it to Jesus alone. During the transition, be patient. During the transition, be prayerful. We're done tonight. During the transition, be persistent. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I put this in big, gigantic letters in my outline and I've got it highlighted and I've got stars around it and this is what it says. If you quit during the transition, you may never see the transformation. And that's so true. Listen, did you know your miracle could be right around the corner? Did you know that? 
You say, preacher, everything's such a mess. I mean, everything's just, you know, it seems like everything's falling apart. And I mean, just, it's just, I mean, I don't understand it all. Listen to me. As long as you know you're in the will of God and you're trying your best to serve the Lord, you just be patient and let God bring you through the transition. You know why God's trying to bring about a transformation. Don't get consumed with the transition. Just trust and let him bring about a transformation. Well, amen. Father, we love you. Simple message. But God, I pray you use it in our hearts and our lives tonight. Lord, sometimes it's so, so tempting to quit. Sometimes we get so discouraged. and God, sometimes the devil comes and he just supplies every excuse in the book and Lord, he'll say that God's not right and God's not fair and life's terrible and you ought to just quit. God, we, what we don't understand is that transition is about to bring about a transformation. And so Lord, while we're in that hard time and in that trial and in that valley, help us to be patient. Help us to be prayerful. And dear God, help us to be persistent. Help us to keep the faith. Help us to stay in the fight. Help us to keep a sweet spirit. I pray you'll have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, please, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Let's all stay in the night. If you would, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Altar's filled tonight. Maybe there's others that ought to come. Pianist is going to play tonight. <clears throat> hey, listen, if you, need, if you need to come tonight, just come on. That's what she's, she's playing tonight. Are you weary? Are you heavy-hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. It could be that God is getting ready to perform the, the biggest transformation that you've ever seen in your life. How many know this? God doesn't work on our time scale. Well, God doesn't even live in our realm. Man, God lives in the past, present, and the future. He said, I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the ending. I'm the first. I'm the last. I was before you. I'll be after you. Listen to me, church, tonight. And you may be here tonight. You may be just, everything may be just great. But when that trial does come, when that problem does come, just be patient and stay faithful to the Lord and let God bring about a change in your life. We're just going to pause tonight for a little bit. Folks, you're in the altars this evening and if you need to come, the altars are open and uh, we're going to make our way to the main floor. If you need prayer tonight, if you've got, got a burden and you need us to pray with you, we're here for you. If you're here tonight and you don't know that you know that you know that you're saved, I want you to come tonight and we want to take the Bible and show you how to be saved tonight. All right? We're going to pause just for a moment. Will you come while we wait?